0: This is the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Welcome to the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at InherentDream at Yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Trevor J. Brown Show. Visit our website at InherentDream.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. Well, the gang's all here.
1: I am your host, Trevor J. Brown. Producer, Mama Macy in the house. Producer, Shoshana in the house. Because it's too cold outside that's enough of that welcome into another edition of the trevor j brown show on the inherent dream podcast network we have a stellar show lined up for you tonight including a free-for-all friday he's back from green bay folks mr tnt mark stone joining us for weekly football picks let's win some money with stone We will be joined by author Jim Carlson this evening. His new book, Reagan Slays the Dragon, comes out in February. We'll talk all about that with Mr. Jim Carlson from Fox Point Publishing coming up here tonight. We also have the Moron Spotlight, but we start this evening in a festive mood because tomorrow is Christmas Eve. Sunday is Christmas Day. Last weekend on Bonus Content Saturday, we played some of our favorite Christmas songs, including ones from Coldplay and Paul McCartney and John Williams. Tomorrow, we are continuing a tradition of playing holiday tunes from Sufian Stevens. We invite you to tune in because I'm going to give you the full rundown, the full story of how we first reached out to Sufian's label. To get permission to play some of his music on the program when we first started off our original podcast all the way back in 2015. It's incredible. Bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. That is tomorrow. But I thought uh, today we could give you a rundown of what Entertainment Weekly has said is the 25 best Christmas albums of all time what makes the list well we of course we have some frank sinatra here a jolly christmas with frank sinatra 1957 for a lot of people it's not christmas until all blue eyes is singing and that is certainly true when one considers the legacy of frank sinatra's first christmas record released in the same year as elvis presley's own wildly successful yuletide album a jolly christmas was seen as the tamer, more refined alternative to the king of rock and roll and his swinging hips. Sinatra's take on I'll Be Home for Christmas is one of the most definitive versions of all time. Elvis's 1957 record, "Elvis's Christmas album. It's difficult to overstate just how groundbreaking Elvis Presley was in the 1950s, especially in the United States where this Christmas classic was considered... So salacious at the time of its release that a number of people, including the man who wrote White Christmas, attempted to get it banned from radio play all together. These days, it's nearly impossible to go holiday shopping without Presley's singular voice belting out of a speaker somewhere. And there's hardly a holiday enthusiast who can't sing along with the King's Blue Christmas. Another legendary voice, Nat King Cole, the album from 1960, The Magic of Christmas. There is a reason why this holiday album is beloved by so many, and that has everything to do with Nat King Cole's voice. And odds are there's at least one song from The Magic of Christmas that you've loved and incorrectly identified as chestnuts roasting on an open fire or Merry Christmas to you for most of your life. The song in question is The Christmas Song, which Cole first recorded in 1946. It may not be the only Christmas classic that Cole took to the studio, but The Magic of Christmas is the only holiday album that he put together in his lifetime. Ella Fitzgerald, 1960. Ella wishes you a swinging Christmas. Fitzgerald's classic holiday album includes a number of high-energy spirited takes on the Christmas songs that most of us love and know well, including Jingle Bells and Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. I don't think I've ever listened to this one, but they put it on the list. 1963, Phil Spector, a Christmas gift for you from Phil Spector. I don't know if I'd want that gift from Phil Spector. Uh, Phil Spector's 1963 holiday release has the honor of being both an excellent Christmas record and a guilty pleasure listen, no matter the time of year. With this album, Spectre managed to pull together powerhouse voices, including Darlene Love. She's nearly unstoppable against the producer's legendary wall of sound and a holiday party sensibility. If there's one record that could be played at any Christmas party anywhere in the world, the sheer scale of musicality in each song makes it this one. Beach Boys, a Beach Boys Christmas album from 1964. In the mid-1960s, the Beach Boys were hardly known for their ability or desire to restrain themselves, and that is definitely apparent in their 1964 holiday offering. In addition to their signature layered vocal stylings, the band worked with a 41-piece orchestra to put together a Christmas record that can only be described in terms as expansive as the sounds themselves. Lush, rich, and abundant the vince garaldi trio a charlie brown christmas 1965 a charlie brown christmas has been a holiday classic for over half a century and audiences keep tuning in year after year to celebrate watching a pack of kids celebrate christmas with uh no adult in sight the heartwarming take on what the holiday season really means is pleasant for the entire family. Meanwhile, the soundtrack by the Vince Garaldi trio is just as much of a classic as the movie itself. It's absolutely beautiful music. I feel like every year there's a, a different song or a different artist around Christmas time that I hear more and more of. Like one year it's like Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas Is You. And last year I Feel It Was Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. I f- feel like I heard that song a lot. And this year I feel like. I'm hearing the Vince Garaldi Trio a lot more. That's like the most popular song this year, those songs, which is fine. I like that it gets mixed up sometimes. Barbara Streisand from 1967, a Christmas album. The idea of Barbara Streisand, perhaps one of the most famous Jewish singers of all time, singing a number of Christmas songs may not seem like an obvious pairing on paper, but on the stereo, it's a match made in heaven. Much like Streisand herself, a Christmas album is the perfect combination of reverence and soul. From 1972, Johnny Cash, Christmas with Johnny Cash. Cash's take on Christmas classics is exactly what fans of The Late Singer had come to expect by 1972. A little snarling and a little holy and reliably produced with the right degree of Cash's version of All Come Only Faithful is particularly compelling, as something in the growling nature of his voice offers a new spin on what is typically a soaring ballad or a quieter hymn. The Carpenters, from 1978, an album called Christmas Portrait. Karen and Richard Carpenter are at their seasonal best with this 1978 holiday album that has gone platinum. And with good reason, the pair offer something that manages to be uh, both playful and introspective at the same time, a delicate balance of two sensations. So uncommonplace with Christmas time, unlike their earlier work, Richard Carpenter is the focus on this record. And in fact, this is the one of their last recordings that uh, Karen made with her brother before her death in 1983. Willie Nelson's album Pretty Paper came out in 1979. Country music legend Willie Nelson wrote the song Pretty Paper after witnessing a legless man in Fort Worth who sold paper and pencils just to get by. The title track was recorded by or- Orbison in 1963 and was eventually released on Nelson's first Christmas record over a decade later. 1984. This is one of the greatest duos of all time. Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Their 1984 album, Once Upon a Christmas. Uh, Frequent collaborators Rogers and Parton, who both count fans among huge swaths of the American public, were destined to record a Christmas album at some point together. And in 1984, that was the year. This record, which was Rogers' second take on Christmas tunes and Parton's very first Followed the release of the Paris holiday special, Kenny and Dolly, A Christmas to Remember. 1984, Mannheim Steamroller Christmas. Mannheim Steamroller literally has made Christmas a business. That's what it says here. With each holiday season accompanied by its new age synth sound, they have a very unique sound and, and uh, definitely, uh, definitely very interesting. Ray Charles, 1985. The Spirit of Christmas. You talk about legends. Think of all of these legends. Ray Charles, Dolly Parton, Frank Sinatra. While Ray Charles might have opted to kick off his 1985 Christmas record with the downbeat What Child Is This? The album itself is a soaring and poignant offering from a man who in his mid-50s at the time was still very much enjoying the height of his grip on music and culture 1986, White Christmas from Bing Crosby that made the list. Uh, others 1994, Mariah Carey, Merry Christmas, of course, that features the song All I Want for Christmas Is You. When the track first graced the airwaves in 1994, it was an immediate hit, as was the album it's featured on. It's called Merry Christmas. Though neither achieved the seismic success we all associate with and Christmas until 25 years later. All I want for Christmas is you began topping the charts each year beginning in 2019. Guaranteeing that Merry Christmas will live on in Christmas infamy. James Brown 1995 James Brown James Brown's Funky Christmas. The album cover is pretty legit too on that. Uh. We talked about Sufjan Stevens. This made the list. Songs for Christmas 2006. When Sufjan embarks on a project, he tends to think big. Really big. Sure, his commitment to write an album for every state sputtered out after Michigan and Illinois, but he brings the same ambitious energy to Songs for Christmas, being a mega holiday record that's over two hours long. It's composed of five separate EPs Stevens made for loved ones, through the years, many of whom helped complete the set, giving the Christmas album's aura an extra personable touch. And the whopping 42 tunes range from holiday classics to originals such as That Was the Worst Christmas Ever, an ode to stressed-out parents everywhere. Other ones that make the list, Bob Dylan, Christmas in the Heart, from 2009. Louis Armstrong and Friends, The Best of Christmas Songs. She and Him, A Very She and Him Christmas from 2011. Michael Buble's 2011 record just called Christmas. Tyler, the creator, music inspired by Illumination and Dr. Seuss's The Grinch from 2018. The album cover on that for Tyler, the creator. It's like a close-up of The Grinch, but it's like the most terrifying picture of The Grinch. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Los Lobos with their 2019 record, Lego Navidad. I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct or not. And uh, the last to make the list, I actually just listened to this the other day and it's quite good. Nora Jones, I Dream of Christmas from last year. I love Nora Jones. She is so, so talented. Absolutely great. Uh, Great show lined up for you tonight. We like to call it a stellar show. Mr. TNT is here. On a free-for-all Friday, Mark Stone and Weekly Football Picks. That's coming up. We also have author Jim Carlson here to discuss his book, Reagan Slays the Dragon. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network.
0: The Trevor J. Brown Show. Come along with the Inherent Dream Podcast Network and promote your business. And let's make the next year a record year. The Inherent Dream Podcast Network is home to the Trevor J. Brown Show and 763 The Local with more shows debuting soon. Our advertising packages are super affordable and will get your message in front of thousands. Unique and entertaining podcasts and content being produced right here in central Minnesota. Support local. Interested in learning more? Connect with us at InherentDream at Yahoo.com. The Inherent Dream Podcast Network. This isn't business as usual. The Trevor J. Brown Show.
1: Food and Song Volume 4 is out now. A collection of 12 diverse tracks from a variety of amazing musicians. All with Minnesota ties. From rock, alternative, reggae, gospel, experimental, to acoustic, Volume 4 has something for everyone. The premise of Food and Song is simple. You buy the digital album, you enjoy some amazing music, and you help local food shelves. Every penny we make from these compilations after taxes and transaction fees gets donated to local food shelves in Minnesota. Get your copy of Food and Song, Volume 4, or any of the older compilations at inherentdream.bandcamp.com. Let's fire up the moron spotlight. A lot of people love this guy, and I, I don't quite get the fascination. Tell me why I'm wrong on this. I would love to know your opinion, inherent dream at yahoo.com. And I am not asking because I want to pick a fight or anything. I am just curious your thoughts on this guy. Headline Twitter needs a new CEO in wake of Musk's resignation. After polling Twitter users, Elon Musk on Tuesday night said he will resign as head of the social media platform. He says, I will resign as CEO as soon as I find someone foolish enough to take the job. After that, I will just run the software and servers team. So Musk polled Twitter users Sunday night on whether he should step down as head of the company. The poll ended Monday morning with 57.5% of voters saying he should step down and 42.5% saying he shouldn't. I will abide by the results of this poll, Musk had pledged. Sunday night as the saying goes, be careful what you wish as you might get it. He also tweeted Sunday later adding those who want power are the ones who least deserve it. Does, does Elon Musk realize I I get, he has a lot of money. I get, he's probably super smart, but does he realize that doing Twitter polls, that's probably not the best way to run a company. And he's done this on multiple, multiple, uh, things now he's talked about reinstating Donald Trump it wasn't that a Twitter poll they put one up now now he's gonna resign as CEO I I hate to break it to you if you're a big fan of Elon but these guys think they're way more important than than they actually are it's all these people the, the problem that I have is these guys, like Elon Musk, they buy Twitter for $44 billion, which he way overpaid. Yeah, we're back on Twitter now. We took a very long hiatus. big old inherent dream. And the minute I got back, I, within 24 hours, I thought about getting rid of it again. Everybody that follows us on Twitter, I hate to break this to you. This is, this is how groundbreaking twitter is everybody for the most part 90 percent that follow us on inherent dream they're not real people they're bots they're those like sex bots where you can go watch a a live camera it's some chick wearing barely, barely any clothes and they have some link to these sites or whatever they are But you can just tell on these profiles that they're fake, that they're bots. That's what they are. And I thought this guy's whole thing was he was gonna shut this down. Twitter, in all honesty, is worse than what MySpace was at the end. Is Myspace even a thing anymore? So I don't I don't get why guys why why there's a, a ton of people that are so gaga over Elon Musk. And these are the same people, too, where somebody says, you know what? I can't stand Twitter anymore. I'm leaving. And then they get all butthurt about it. Trent Reznor announced from Nine Inch Nails, like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving Twitter. This place sucks. Whatever. And Elon Musk had to, had to comment on it. Like, it was some big deal. Like, aren't you above that? You're, you're CEO of, of, of Tesla. You, uh, you You own Twitter now. What what do you give a rat's ass about if 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 <laughs> if Trent Reznor is on your platform or not? And then he had to make some like diss to Trent Reznor, and it's like, you know what, dude, Trent Reznor could whoop your ass. I'd like to see that too. But did that bother you so much that oh, this celebrity's leaving? I better, I better comment on it. And I get it. We can go the other way with it too. And we can say, look, Twitter will be fine without Trent Reznor or when Elton John the other week announced, I'm leaving Twitter. Now, well, okay. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, dude. It's, it's not that big of a deal. But the minute we would, the minute we came back within 24 hours, I thought, why the hell are we even here? I don't know. I don't know what the point of it is. You know what Twitter is? When I really think about it, Twitter is exactly where we're at as a society today. It is such a true representation. Nobody listens on Twitter It's like you got a bunch of seven or eight year olds and they're just trying to talk over each other. Maybe seven or eight, maybe like middle schoolers, high. I don't know. There's adults that do this too. So it's it's, uh, a bunch of people that just want to talk and promote themselves, but no one's really listening. No one's really paying attention to anything. You got the blue check marks that are the celebrities and they just talk with each other. You can follow them, but you think Tom Hanks is going to follow you back? Yeah, I don't think so. A Michigan woman who sued a man for $10,000 for standing her up on a date got into a heated argument with a judge in a scene captured on video. Kashante H. Short filed a lawsuit September tenth, 2020 against her date who did not show. According to the claim filed in Michigan's 67th District Court, the experience caused her emotional distress because the date fell on her late mother's birthday. During a just over nine-minute virtual court hearing via Zoom, Judge Herman Marble Jr. informed Short she filed the lawsuit in the wrong court. The case, he told her, should have been filed in circuit court. After that, the judge, judge asked the defendant if he would be representing it, representing himself in the case, case. To be honest with you, sir, I thought this was just going to be thrown out, he told the judge. We had a date, one date, and nothing else after that. Now I'm being sued for $10,000. I don't think this is going to go any further, and I think it's a waste of your time. In the video, the judge said that if the man thought the case should be tossed, he needed to file a motion to dismiss it. If he responds and his response is a lie, then it's perjury and my documents would prove it's a lie. Short then yelled. No, no, no. Do you understand what perjury is? The judge responded, raising his voice. Please do not insult my intelligence. Do not do that, Short replied loudly, as if I don't understand what perjury means. Everyone's a lawyer these days. At one point, the judge ripped his face shield off as the woman continued to shout. The judge said, be quiet while I'm talking. The video shows the defendant holding his hand over his face and later with his head down and his palm over his forehead. Bottom line is, you said it's a criminal offense, so I will send it to circuit court. Short said, are we done here? Are we done here? Are we done here? Eventually, Marble muted the Zoom call and transferred the suit to circuit court. The judges missed the case and it was transferred to the Seventh Circuit Court. Court records show short was uh, not immediately reached for comment by usa today this isn't the first time short filed lawsuits that have been dismissed by a judge so this this chick stay away from if you want to if you're going to take her out on a date maybe uh you better be pretty serious if you're going to take her out on a date according to information from michigan district court and circuit court she filed at least a dozen suits in both court jurisdictions over the past two decades one dating as far back as 2020 or 2000 rather in January of 2020. She filed a $300 million suit against the Flint police department in Michigan, alleging she was assaulted and harassed by several different police officers. The judge eventually dismissed the case. She also filed a lawsuit against AT&T in October, 2020 in Sheboygan County circuit court in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin online court records show she failed to appear in court for a hearing. And the case was boy doesn't this sound like a woman that doesn't have a job oh my goodness you can't make it up this woman has way too much time on her hands my goodness oh no how awful is that now well, be careful who you're going out to uh go on a date with it's as simple as that mark stone coming up and also author jim carlson this is the trevor j brown show on the inherent dream
0: podcast network the trevor j brown show time to relax time to treat yourself time for a massage time to head to in good hands massage in malacca in Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show.
1: This is the Trevor J. Brown Show, and we are kind enough now to be joined by author jim carlson who has a brand new book coming out from fox point publishing it is called reagan slays the dragon you can find out more information on the fox point publishing website that's foxpointpublishing.com backslash author dash jim dash carlson jim thanks so much for joining us how are you
2: I'm well. How are you,
1: Trevor? Doing fantastic. Um, congratulations on uh, on the book, "Reagan Slays the Dragon." What was your biggest inspiration to write this book?
2: You know, it was kind of a funny process. The title is uh, named after my niece Reagan, uh, who's just got you know a spunky, spirited personality, and uh, the the rhyme "Reagan slays the dragon" popped into my head several years ago, and I had jotted it down. Um, I was looking through my phone earlier this week and found an old note from 2017 that literally just says, Reagan slays the dragon. Um, and it just kind of went from there. It was something that just kind of stewed in the back of my mind for a while. And uh, one kind of snowy Sunday afternoon, a couple years ago, I just sat down and started writing something and um, ended up with something that I, you know, thought I could just, you know, maybe you know, give to a sort of a fun little, uh, story, but I was like, you know, I kind of really like the way this turned out and maybe there's a way I can get it published. So I started do, doing some research about that and, uh, ended up getting connected with Fox Point and they, uh, they liked the story that I'd written. And so it's kind of just, uh, gone, gone from there.
1: The synopsis for the book, a small girl sets out to do something big, something no one else has accomplished. Slay the fearsome dragon to succeed. She will need to work through challenges find her own solutions and be brave. Was there a certain lesson when you were growing up that was, was difficult for you to learn? Were there certain challenges? Was there one in particular that stood out to you? Um,
2: Personally, I feel like there was a period of time um, where school and stuff wasn't quite as important to me or maybe my top priority. And so I, uh had a couple years where you know academically I didn't do so hot um and so I'm hoping that the book just kind of inspires young people to um understand that they'll encounter challenges and have to um, you know overcome doubt and uh different things and just try to keep keep going and use the things they learn on the way
1: to kind of overcome challenges author Jim Carlson is our guest uh, in your bio on the Fox point website, it mentions how you like to infuse things with lighthearted touch and, a, you like to amuse your wife with a little literal sense of humor. Where do you think that love for, for humor came from?
2: Uh, that's a good question. So I, I have heard that my grandpa on my mom's side was uh, a bit of a jokester himself. I never <laughs> um, got to meet him personally, or at least, uh, he passed when I was very young. Um, And so that might be a little bit of a genetic uh, disposition, I guess, but um, I had my uh, first daughter a little over a year ago. Her name's Amelia, and so when she was born, somebody gave us one of the Amelia Bedelia books, which I remember reading as a kid, and in there, Amelia Bedelia just takes instructions very literally and, you know, take the laundry out, so she takes the laundry outside and um, or t- take out the light bulbs and she takes life you know, whatever. She just does things very literally. And so I think there might be a piece of that too that stuck with me from a kid. Um, and it's just kind of fun to reread those stories and be like, Oh yeah, I can totally see myself doing something like that.
1: What was the inspiration behind uh, your daughter's name? That's a great name.
2: Uh, it was just a name that my wife and I, uh, were throwing around one night and it just kind of rose to the top. There was, um, no real inspiration behind it. Oddly, it's apparently one of the top five most common baby names in the last two or three years, which oh, wow. we didn't know when we picked it. But um, we've actually met a couple of other young girls named Amelia in the last uh, year and a half, which has been funny.
3: Well, even
1: if it's in the top five, I, I still think it's it's rather unique. So yeah. uh, author Jim Carlson with us. You can get more information on Jim and the book which is coming out in February Reagan slays the dragon foxpointpublishing.com backslash author dash Jim dash Carlson so you majored in financial management you minor in English from the U of M Morris did you always have a love for writing or how did that come about.
2: Yeah, I think, I think there's always a part of that um, there. In college, I actually started out uh, pursuing a physics degree, and by sophomore year, I was just way too much math, um, <laughs> way overwhelmed with the math, so I needed to pivot. Um, I thought about doing a full English major, but just wasn't sure about the job prospects and everything at the time, um, so I decided to pursue financial management, um, but keeps that English, uh, in there is something that, um, I enjoyed a little bit more. Um, and so that was kind of the, the basis behind pursuing that in college. And then, uh, after college, I've kept up writing to a degree, uh, professionally. I've done a lot of writing, um, of training materials and things like that. I've done uh, some freelance writing for the last several years, uh, mostly in the automotive realm, but.
1: What, uh, fascinates you about the automotive realm?
2: I think driving cars is a lot of fun. I love the way cars are designed and their styling, um, and that's a, a trait or an affinity I've had since I was young. Um, my dad and one of my uncles in particular is very into cars. He's got um, you know a couple of old classic muscle cars from the 60s that I think really inspired that love, and my dad and I have done a ton of car-related stuff over the years. So, um, yeah, it's just always been, been something of a passion for me.
1: Do they restore cars or, or work on them?
2: Uh, not a great deal uh, My dad doesn't My uncle might a little bit But um, I've never heard of him Doing any major restorations or anything himself So I think a lot of his cars are still Fairly original
1: sure. Author Jim Carlson Is our guest So Jim, who are some of your favorite authors Do you have a favorite novel From the, the past year or two
2: Yeah, so I've Recently been kind of working through the Ender's Game series by Orson Scott Card. Um, I'd read the the Ender's Game several years ago and then kind of got inspired to revisit it and start reading some of the other books in that series. And um, I think those are just very interesting uh, science fiction books that kind of deal with the um, kind of big big pictures of what it means to be human and dealing with other, I mean, in this case, other species, but um, can easily be applied to, you know, other people and things like that. Um, so I've enjoyed those books. And another author I've read recently is uh, Neil Stevenson. Uh, he's another science fiction author. Um, one of my favorite books by him is called Seven Eves, which is an interesting book about what the human race would do if there were some sort of massive calamity threatening the, the planet, in this particular case, the moon breaks apart and eventually um, just kind of wipes out the uh, surface of the earth. And they, they try to figure out how to get a population off the earth to survive in
1: outer space and kind of reestablish a human race and things like that. So that was a really fascinating book. So Reagan Slays the Dragon, that's more early reader, and that's coming out in February. But you mentioned kind of science fiction. Could could you maybe dive into that realm in the future with future writing?
2: Ah, oh, that could certainly be a possibility. I, I don't have anything that I'm actively working on in that regard. Um, you know I think there's potential to maybe do a follow up or two with Reagan and kind of see where her story goes. Um, but I also really enjoyed the 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 process of writing a children's book specifically, and I think it just provides a, an interesting platform to do you know some more fun things and just a short format that. Um, I think, fit my my personality and my <laughs> attention span a little bit better, I think.
1: Author Jim Carlson is with us, foxpointpublishing.com, backslash author-jim-carlson. Reagan Slays the Dragon coming out in February. It says in your bio here that uh, you enjoy jujitsu. What got you into that?
2: Uh, so martial arts started for me uh, really towards the end of college. I was just looking for ways to keep physically active in college, and uh, there were a couple of guys that were doing sort of a martial arts club, um, so that was kind of my first introduction to martial arts. And then when I graduated from college, um, again, I wanted to find something to do to stay in shape, and so I uh, just went to the Taekwondo studio that happened to be near my house, and um, you know, well, their, their sign out front just said martial arts. So I just walked in and, you know, was like, Hey, tell me about what you do here. And they happened to teach uh, Taekwondo. And so that's kind of what I picked up. Um, I know was back in 2008, I guess, uh, mid to late 2008. And I uh, did Taekwondo for a number of years. And then in the last maybe five years, uh, just started getting into jujitsu more. Um, the Taekwondo studio I had been, uh, practicing at, um, had been trying to get a, a jujitsu class started. Um, and so we had a nice little group going there. And then, you know, the COVID happened. And so um, things kind of were put on hold for a couple of years, but i been back at it for um, about a year now. And I uh, just recently received my blue belt, which is the, the second rank up from, um, you know, your progress uh, towards black belts. So that was exciting and kind of unexpected, but um,
0: yeah.
1: You also enjoy fishing. Do you, do you have, uh, a favorite fishing spot in the state uh
2: well i grew up fishing um in richmond minnesota which is up near st cloud uh, my mom my mom's family has a cabin up there uh, she grew up on a resort up there so we've got a lot of family connections up there so i grew up uh fishing on that lake and it's been a, a good lake for uh pan fishing catch a lot of crappies and stuff and one of my favorite things to do up there is just get up early in the morning, just before sunrise and go out and try to catch some bass. Um, you know, just cast along the shoreline and stuff like that has been probably my favorite
3: way to fish.
1: Absolutely. We can all, we can all hope for uh warmer days. Uh, I'm sure you could go do some ice fishing too this time of year, but I don't know. It's, it's tough to beat the uh, spring and summertime out on a lake in Minnesota. Jim, uh, I appreciate the time. Best of luck with the book. And, uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you down the line.
2: Yeah, great. Thank you, Trevor. I appreciate the time.
1: Jim Carlson, our guest. Reagan Slays the Dragon is the book. It's coming out in February, and you can get more information about Jim Carlson at foxpointpublishing.com backslash author-jim-carlson. This is The Trevor J. Brown Show.
0: The Trevor J. Brown Show. Looking to buy or sell online but don't know where to start? Look no further than Jensen Sales Plus. JSP makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they can help you with it all. Check out their website for more information, JensenSalesPlus.com. That's JensenSalesPlus.com.
1: All right, it's Friday. Let's win some money with Mark Stone. He's on the line right now. Stone, how the hell are you?
3: Doing good, Trevor. Christmas time is here, as well as a lot of other fantastic things going on in the world of football of course playoff races heating up as those teams try to continue to lock down those playoff spots the cincinnati Bengals were able to do that last night with the jaguars winning in thursday night football we're going to see some more chips tumble this weekend and it's exciting stuff plus those fantasy football playoffs are in the home stretch here as people try to wound up championships or whatever We've got football on Saturday. We've got football on Sunday. We've got football on Monday. Yeah, don't even bother passing me the presents, baby, because I'm <laughs> going to be glued to the TV with some beers and some food.
1: Uh, I feel bad for Jets fans. They got a lump of coal in their stockings. They've had to watch Zach Wilson most of the year. Can we can can we finally admit this guy? I know it's only a second year, but the guy just does not have it.
3: Oh, Zach Wilson, I don't even know if Zach Wilson is a backup quarterback in yeah. this league, to be honest. I mean, he looks horrible. It's obvious he's not a team leader. I mean, you saw, what was his name yesterday, the the, the other quarterback they brought in, uh, freaking uh, Streveler. Yeah. The, the Canadian football cast-off. The moment he entered the game, all of a sudden there was a pep in the Jets step. <laughs> they tried to block harder. They tried to freaking catch better. I could not believe it. You could just see the change with the team. The problem is for the for the Jets is they already had spotted freaking Jacksonville 16 points at that point in time. I mean, there's just it's really hard to come back when you're at that point in the game. But this team this team does not want Zach Wilson anywhere near it um if i'm the jets i would trade them this offseason i would take whatever anybody's willing to give me six round pick you got it let's just get them the hell out of here sunk cost joe douglas you've hit home runs on every other pick you got this team's young this team's moving you can sign somebody like Jimmy G probably for pretty cheap to get in here. You got two other great quarterbacks. I mean, Strebler looks really good. You got Mike White still. You can always bring back Joe Flacco, too. I mean, any one of those guys is better. I think the Jets are going places, but I think it's very unfortunate. With last night's loss, I think the Jets are going to miss the playoffs, and you can blame Zach Wilson for that.
1: Yeah, the Jets uh, move to 7-8. and eight. The Jags win. They move to 7-8. and eight. But the Jags are definitely trending in the upward direction. The Jets, if you're a member of that defense, Stone, you got to just be ticked off because not not that Jacksonville is this – I mean, they're they're a better offense, but uh, you hold a team to 19 points, you should probably win the game. The Jets, it's like every time they had the ball, they got that early turnover last night, and I'm like, they're going to get a field goal here because they're in field goal range. They're not getting a touchdown, and, of course, they didn't. We got a full slate of games, so let's move to the rest of the picks – for the weekend again games tomorrow and sunday and then we have monday night football as well we'll start with tomorrow atlanta at baltimore i'm taking baltimore at home
3: yes i'm in agreement on this one um it's just desmond ritter didn't look any better taking over last week for atlanta i just think this team's totally cooked where they're at Baltimore still playing for something at nine and five still fighting with Cincinnati for this division doesn't matter who's starting at quarterback we're going to have bad weather for this game Baltimore's just going to run the football J.K. Dobbins looks to be back uh, the Gus bus is back there as well that's all this team needs to do to win this game so I am going with Baltimore as well
1: yeah Atlanta goes into the game five and nine definitely trending downwards in Baltimore. I've been saying it all year they're the most sort of average 9 and 5 team that we've seen so far uh this season. Detroit, they're hot. They're 7 and 7. They go into Carolina at 5 and 9. I'm taking the Motor City Kitties.
3: Disagreement here. Carolina is coming off an embarrassing loss last week. Detroit coming off an exhilarating win. Everybody's on Detroit. You can be on Detroit if you want, but I am picking the Carolina Panthers at home. We're talking bad weather again. We know Jared Goff is not good in the elements, not good outside. This Carolina defense playing very, very, very well. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Carolina pulls it out to, again, keep pace in the worthless NFC South. And Detroit, once again, we're going to watch Dan Campbell, who I love very dearly, Probably make some stupid boneheaded move against what he wants to do late in this game to probably cost him, but I am picking the Panthers.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you know that Dan Campbell's your doppelganger?
3: yes a lot of people have told me that um i just kind of put on about 100 pounds of muscle that's about it but other than that no he coaches the way i coach he 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 looks like i do and i got a hat and a freaking freaking headset on so there you go
1: i wanted to like i wanted to validate my point so when i was watching football the other week with my mom I was like, D- "This is this is Mark Stone's doppelganger." And I showed him a picture of you, and then we <laughs> we froze the TV, and she was like, "Oh my goodness, that is spot on." I was like, "Okay, I'm not crazy." Uh, Kansas City is hosting Seattle. I, we've said it all year. Seattle playing with house money. They're going to be without Tyler Lock at this game. They're seven and seven. I'm taking the Chiefs at home. They're eleven and three.
3: Yeah, it's going to be another bad weather, cold weather in Arrowhead, which is going to play to the Chiefs' favor. Um, Seattle's kind of in a tailspin right now, have lost four of their last five. Um, they're trying to find a way to win. Um, I think Seattle might not be a bad bet in this game because of the weather. I don't know if Kansas City's going to cover the 10, but I do think Kansas City does win and continues on the road they're on.
1: Saints 5-9. and nine. They're still in the thick of it for the NFC South. They go play Cleveland at six and eight, we've seen how awful Deshaun Watson is. My bigger concern in this game is the Cleveland run defense. I expect a big day for Elvin Kamara, and I'm gonna take the Saints to squeak by one on the road.
3: Disagreement here. We're not in the dome, and Dennis Allen sucks as a coach. That's so true. I think New Orleans is, again is just as just as they try to pull you back in they're going to disappoint you don't disagree that Deshaun Watson sucks but I think you're going to have a big game from Nick Chubb as he tries to get this team as little of an opportunity as they have to make the playoffs still somehow stay alive with a win here at home and I think Cleveland's defense matches up very well against the pea shooter that is the red rifle and Andy Dalton in bad weather give me the Browns at home
1: Mark Stone is here for Weekly Football Picks. A must win for the Tennessee Titans at home on Sunday. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. The Texans are 1-12-1. The Texans need this one, man. I'm going to take them
3: disagreement here the snow is falling in vermont and derrick henry is ready to run rough shot all over the houston texans with malik willis starting at quarterback everybody's betting on the texans you know what the texans do the texans are giving everybody a tough game through three quarters they did it last week against kansas city they did it against dallas the week before and then it comes down from the mcnair booth up there hey we're trying to tank here for the first pick of the draft do the tanking, and lovey smith does what lovey smith does and make sure that they lose the game and that's exactly what's going to happen here derrick henry ran over this team to the tune of high in the 200s the last time he was out there he's going to do it again tennessee needs this win to stay abreast with jacksonville ahead of jacksonville in the afc south so i'm picking tennessee to win
1: here yes to be clear i am taking tennessee as well i don't think it's going to be close Uh Derrick Henry had his best game against Houston earlier in the year. I think a couple touchdowns well over two hundred yards. Bengals and Patriots uh from Foxborough, Patriots seven and seven. Bengals ten and four. I just there's too many questions offensively with New England, man. I'm taking Joe Cool in Cincinnati.
3: Disagreement here, Trevor. Upset special pass. I love it one of stone's top three bets of the week i already put it down on new england plus three here again let's think about a couple things Last week, Joe Cool struggled for a half against Tampa Bay's yes. defense, and we know Tampa Bay's defense is not playing as well as New England's right now. The weather's going to be a factor here. We're talking about this weather nationwide. You're playing in an outdoor stadium. You wish you weren't. New England's used to doing it at home. Their offense is set up better for it in the elements than Cincinnati's is right now. Also, we've got now... We've got now Hubbard is out of this game, Sam Hubbard, and Trey Hendrickson's got a broken hand in playing with a club. So now you got both of Cincinnati's defensive ends either out or limited, which means, too, Matt Jones is going to have time to move, time to throw the football. Also, after New England getting thoroughly embarrassed by Josh McDaniels, and the las vegas raiders last week there's nobody better who bounces back better than coach belichick and he's here at home it sets up perfect for him i like new england in this one and i've already put the money down and i'm picking them to win
1: giants eight five and one here at u.s bank stadium against the lucky minnesota vikings 11 and three a uh, new york uh, football teams oh i oh the national media they were talking about them for so long oh, blah 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 They're just average football teams. That's what I've been saying all year long. Vikings win at home.
3: Yeah, agreement here. It's going to be another closed game because that's all Minnesota knows. They're not going to blow this team out, but they are going to defend the home field and get the win. Again, the Giants coming off a big win against the Commanders, and they're going to disappoint in the follow up here. But if you're going to bet this game, I do. If it stays above three, I like the Giants on that because let's face it, Minnesota can't win by more than a field goal.
1: Bills and Bears. It should be sloppy at Soldier Field. Bills 11 and 3. Uh, bears are three and 11 i will take the bills to ground and pound and win on the road
3: so true i think the bears could be a top five bet this week with the line as big as it is as of right now it's still at eight and a half so more than a touchdown but the bills are going to win this game they know how to win in bad weather it probably won't be a blowout as chicago's been playing well to keep it in a pace there but bills win
1: Commander 7-6-1 against your 49ers 10-4. and four. I'm going to take the Niners at home.
3: Yes, the Niners are going to be at home But if you want to bet another game The Commanders are the bet in this one It's a touchdown And we know when San Fran's at home And Kyle Shanahan's a big favorite It lines up for disappointment I've told about this on this show numerous times And this is lining up once again Commanders coming off a disappointing loss So they're going to rally the troops here Chase Young apparently is going to be back for this game I do think San Francisco wins as it is the stone cold lock of the week. Woo! The Niners will find a way to win this game. I just don't think it's going to be by a touchdown, but I do think they will walk away with the W.
1: Eagles, no hurts. They are 13 and one. I think that their record, I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're 13 and one good. You know what, man? I uh, I think this is going to be a statement game for Dallas. They got embarrassed last week in Jacksonville. I think Dallas comes out. I don't think they blow them out, but I think this Eagles team is not going to be the same without Jalen Hurts. I'm going to take the boys at home by at least 10.
0: Wow.
3: That's a big, big margin there. Cause I don't think Gardner Minshew is a huge step down from Jalen Hurts, but I agree. The boys are going to get the win. This one as they need to bounce back. The Eagles you know they only need to win one of these last three games so i think they're just going to again chalk this one up to probably a loss so that they uh can again move on and hopefully get hurts back 100 percent, but they should be able to win one of the last two games to lock up the number one seed and the boys they're going to bounce back and win the game at home here
1: raiders six and eight Steelers six and eight i'm going to take vegas on the road
3: disagreement here the weather's crappy in pittsburgh you're talking an outdoor team and the steelers gonna celebrate the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception retire the late great franco harris's jersey who just passed away over this last week It's just so emotional and everything going on for Pittsburgh. You've got an indoor team in the Raiders who seem to need everything to go their way to win. Coming into the elements in Pittsburgh where Pittsburgh knows how to win, has a great enough defense. will lock down Josh Jacobs in this one. i got to go with Pittsburgh on this. So I am picking Pittsburgh, and this is my second bet of the week. We have not gotten to the Carved in Stone yet. But my two other top bets just need to know, and I went 3-0 and last week. I am red hot on my bets this year, Pittsburgh and New England so far.
1: Uh, we move to Sunday, Packers at Dolphins. There's a side of me where so I, I want to pick Green Bay because it's kind of the cute thing to do, uh, but I'm going to go with Miami at home. I think they just have too much offensive firepower, and I think uh, Tyreek Hill has a big day. I'll take the Dolphins at home. Yeah, something is wrong with Miami's defense.
3: I haven't figured out what it is, but something seems to be wrong with them, and that's why these games are getting to be the way they are. The Packers' defense, honestly, matches up quite well here with Miami. So if you're going to bet this game, you bet the Pack. I do think Miami's going to win at home, though, to keep abreast in the wildcard race in the AFC and and probably put the Packers to bed for the season but again those those Packers DBs they they've seen the is there now how to beat Miami you've got to again jam them at the line of scrimmage and play press coverage they're going to do that here so it's going to be a close game I think it's going to be within the line so I would bet Green Bay but I am picking Miami to
1: pull it out yeah Miami eight and six Packers six and eight coming off that win against the Rams everybody tooting the horn for the packers oh my goodness look they got a big win it's like they beat the rams the rams are just a dumpster fire and now stone we've gotten to our dumpster game dumpster fire game of the week the denver broncos with buddy Wack at four and ten taking on the four and ten la rams on christmas day there's going to be a ton of empty seats at SoFi Stadium. Oh, this game is going to be awful. Man, I don't even know who to pick in this game. Stone, so convince me which way to go.
3: Well, <laughs> you get a dumpster. You get a dumpster. You get a dumpster. Santa's in the house, handing out dumpsters and a matches to go along with it. That's what this is. I, the NFL before the season began was looking forward to having Mr. Limited <laughs> taking on Matthew Stafford on Sunday, on Christmas Day, middle of the day. This was going to be a huge matchup. Instead, we get a double flaming dumpster oh. fire where you don't. Got Gotta big enough foam fire truck to put this out yeah SoFi is going to be burned to the ground but on this <laughs> one I think you got to go with the Denver Broncos and the reason is strictly that defense it's going to be like a 9-6 to six win yeah, we'll just put the field goal kickers out there and see what can go here because the offenses are going to be horrible but I think the Broncos have a better run game I think the Broncos have a better defense and in this one that's going to be enough to get the win
1: I got something more entertaining instead of watching the full six minutes of the game you mentioned the field goal kickers let's just put them out there we'll start with just chip shots and then whoever makes the furthest field goal they win the game and uh i mean that'd be pretty entertaining and then we can put on like i don't know whatever else is on 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 christmas day i am kind of looking forward to sunday night football i don't necessarily know why because uh at that point i should be fully stuffed and in a food coma but arizona what are they on like their third quarterback now tampa bay this is a must win for them I think I here I I'm going to probably come back to my words next week Stone. I think Tampa Bay's defense this is a get right game for them. I'm taking Tampa, Tom and the boys on the road.
3: You're facing Trace McSorley, which is a guy that nobody that no team wants. And no team wants to sign unless the only other option out there is Josh Rosen. By the <laughs> way, Minnesota Vikings signed him up this past week. Ooh. Anyways. Anyways, so Arizona's forced to roll him out as Colt McCoy can't go. We already know about Kyler Murray. And you get you you got it dead on. Tampa suffered a humiliating loss last week when they were in the driver's seat at halftime over the Cincinnati Bengals. You said it. It's a get-right game. You know Todd Bowles is going to have his defense locked in. He's going to need them to make a statement here. Nothing better than getting Arizona Cardinals at home as they don't play well at home at all, as we know. So with a third-string quarterback, yes, Tampa's the pick. I'm not. I, it could. It could end up being some weird freaking upset or whatever. Hence why it's not my stone cold lock of the week. But I think it's almost as close as you can get.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, if I had to t- have a lock this week, I'm going to take Tampa on the road. I. I. Uh, I don't know. There's something about that that team. I. They're obviously their record is not pretty, but I just feel like with all those vets, if they can get to the playoffs, they won't be the favorite. They probably won't be favored in any game besides maybe that first round game but i just i i don't know i feel like there's a lot of playmakers there they're going to come to play i also benched the uh, well i actually cut the jets defense going into my fantasy football matchup last night because frankly i don't like the way the jets are trending so i'm rolling high on the bucks defense here this week hopefully they can uh, have a get right game then monday night football you get jeff saturday Hosting the L.A. Chargers. Ooh, big night for Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. Give me the Chargers.
3: I agree with you on the Chargers are the pick to win. However, this is the carved-in-stone bet of the week indianapolis colts folks it was lower earlier in the week it's now at four and a half because nick Foles is coming in to start for this team matt ryan is done so and i love it i love it love it love it nick Foles. one thing we know nick Foles does well he comes in the spot starts and he finds a way to do it and again what do the colts do well Run the football. What do the Chargers do well? Can't stop the run. This game's going to be closer than four and a half. We know Brandon Staley. I've said it numerous times on this show. When he's a favorite... They play down to their competition. When the Colts are a dog under Jeff Saturday, he plays up to whoever he's going to take down Goliath. This fits up perfectly. The carved-in-stone bet of the week is red hot. The Chargers will win probably by a point with a last second field goal because it's just – Brandon Staley just needs to go. I cannot wait for Sean Payton to be <laughs> the Chargers next year. But the Colts, the Colts are going to make it a game, so you lay that money down at the four-and-a-half – Who knows? It may even go up even more (laughs) by the time kickoff on Monday. But this is the carved in stone bedded league. Chargers win, but Colts make it
1: super close. Couple things before I let you go. I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy, whatever, or a curse guy. Well, a Minnesota sports curse, yes. But just your quick thoughts on this. Isn't it kind of odd that last year they had that huge documentary about John Madden and like the day after it aired Christmas day, John Madden passes away. And now this year it's the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception. And they're doing all this stuff in Pittsburgh this weekend. And I believe there's some documentary about it too. And James Frank, uh, and, 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 uh, and Franco passes away, not James Franco, but <laughs> Franco, <laughs> Franco Harris passes away. And I'm like, my goodness. Like, that's just like weird. I feel,
3: no, there is some weirdness to it. I don't know if it's a conspiracy or not. We, I mean, we still haven't heard what the cause of death yet yeah. is for Frank Harris, have we? I
1: I have not seen anything, and I I, I mean, he was only, he's seventy two. I mean, he's that's the life expectancy in the U.S. is seventy six, so he's not that far off. But I mean, that's not that's not super old. I mean, I just found that to be sort of sort of weird. Again, I'm not a conspiracy guy, or not that there would be a conspiracy on it. I just sort of people always talk about like the Madden cover curse and all of that. And I'm like, well, that's just weird timing with everything. I don't know. And I never heard that he was sick. Maybe he was. Uh, the other thing I want to just get your brief thoughts on baseball wise. What, what the hell with Carlos Correa? I mean, a week ago, we're, we're bitching. I mean, we can still bitch about Minnesota sports teams for uh, the low ball offer. They gave him, but we all think he's going to the giants. They have the, they're going to do the press conference and then Nope, he's going to the Mets. What the hell?
3: Well, from the sounds of it, the problem was they were they were hemming and hawing over his over his uh, physical. Yeah, his physical and his and his and his history. And Boris got a call. They were unsure. They wanted to move forward. They wanted to renegotiate a little bit. And if you renegotiate with Scott Boris. You already know what's going to happen. Boris already has somebody on line two, three, four, And five, yeah. and he called up his good buddy, Steve Cohen, who, let's face it, his pockets are as deep as they come. But, <laughs> you know, we got a reversal of fortune, a change of action. Not even a change of action, too, with Carlos Correa going to the Mets. But Carlos Correa is going to the Mets as a third baseman.
1: Yeah. I, I just I, – I don't know. Like, if, if you're going to – uh Make an early World Series prediction for next year. Could we have another Subway Series?
3: I don't know. I'm still not sold on on the Yanks yet. I just, I just, I feel like they're they they miss the window of the guys that I really want. Yeah, I like, I like Rondon. I think that's a good sign. and he's going to help bolster that that starting pitching, but they still haven't gotten a left fielder. Rumor is is now Cashman's trying to get Reynolds from Pittsburgh. Which, if he does, I think that's huge. But there's still a hole there. Um, I, just, ah, I just, I just, I last year just still hurt. It just still hits me too hard Aaron Boone at the helm I don't know if it's possible for this team to win a championship with him being the manager I just don't think it can happen
1: well it's your team's definitely trending in the right direction I read a report yesterday that the Sox and Rafael Devers are light years apart on a contract extension so that 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 makes me feel real great going into this season i mean i just i don't understand what this team's doing i you know you don't have to win every year you don't have to go to the world series every year we've been spoiled the last 20 years with red sox baseball with finally winning some but my goodness i mean this this uh, some of these moves that are being made at this point don't make a hell of a lot of sense in my opinion so
3: well speaking of speaking of conspiracy theories let me fold this one out to you y'all you're you're familiar with the curse of the bambino and remember the red sox did the same thing in the last century they were winning titles left and right in the early part of it and then they traded away dave ruth to the yankees and it took forever for that curse to be broken is it possible that we have version two coming up here and it's mookie betts is the guy who is the guy they should have never traded the guy that they should have kept and now all these guys are leaving and everything and they refuse to sign them because they're smarter than everybody else in the room with prospects. But what would happen if you're 20 25 years down the road here and you haven't won another title?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's something to think about. And, and some of these, it should never be about the money obviously with with Boston. So I, I'm not quite sure why we couldn't get a deal done with Xander. I'm not sure why we're light years apart with Raphael. Um, I, I'm still very concerned with our pitching at this point. I just, I don't know. I, I it's. Uh, I I think out of all the the major teams in, in Boston at this point, I think the Red Sox are the furthest away from a, from another championship. I'll let you go get your Christmas weekend started, Stone. Merry Christmas to you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, sir.
3: Merry Christmas to you, Trevor, and to your family and friends and everybody who listens to this segment and all the fabulous segments. On the Trevor J. Brown Show. Merry Christmas.
1: He's Mark Stone, and this is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network.
0: The Trevor J. Brown Show. Can't get enough of the Trevor J. Brown Show? Join Trevor for Bonus Content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. For Bonus Content Saturday, Trevor spins the tunes he's enjoying right now. Tunes he loves from the past, great local music, and also continues to build his playlist of his favorite and, in his opinion, the greatest songs of all time. Join Trevor for Bonus Content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app.
1: Well, we invite you to tune in tomorrow. Bonus content Saturday on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. The reason for that is because we play music on Saturdays. And tomorrow we are playing some of our Christmas favorites from Sufjan Stevens. Our relationship, though we've never met Sufjan face-to-face, we reached out many, many, many years ago when we first started Inherent Dream. We reached out to his label to see if we could play some Christmas music of his on the show. So I'll tell you that story tomorrow. We'll play some tunes from Sufie and Stevens. And then for the rest of the month on New Year's Eve, we'll be playing some of my, uh, in my opinion, the best new music out there. And then when we get into January, the first couple of Saturdays in January, I will be unveiling some of my favorite songs of the past year. And then in the middle of January, we return to our playlist, the thousand greatest songs of all time. So we invite you tomorrow, tune into bonus content Saturday on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. And again, tomorrow exclusively on the spotify app i wish you and yours a very very merry christmas i hope you enjoy it if you're our friends that celebrate hanukkah happy hanukkah as that is ongoing as well happy hanukkah merry christmas and i hope you have a fantastic weekend
0: this has been the trevor j brown show The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is a production of Inherent Dream Production Company. This is the Inherent Dream Podcast Network.